the central difference in the pro metabolic space between maybe like a healing phase and maybe like a healing diet, a healthy diet and a fat loss or weight loss diet and how they can all be utilized in the pro metabolic space. But the recommendations can be quite different. Mm -hmm. And obviously everybody's like, I just want to jump to that fat loss phase. I want to eat pro metabolic and fat loss. And what you have to understand is that it's what's important to establishing what phase you're in is your own health and where you are at. And so not everybody is healthy enough to be in that space. And so for most people that usually find this philosophy, they probably need to go through a healing phase initially. And that was certainly the, the entire premise of my book was how to heal your metabolism. And, but that when you get to that space, then you have to understand that that looks very different than somebody that is going to actually go into a fat loss phase, utilizing tools to actually initiate fat loss. And that, that doesn't mean that you can't lose fat in the healing phase. Some people can, some people don't do, do lose weight in that space, but for the most part, the goal in that, that phase is to get you healthier. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I have our amazing friend, Kate Deering, back on the podcast. She is a wealth of information and also the author of How to Heal Your Metabolism. Uh, I highly recommend everyone read her book. You can buy it online from Amazon. We sell it. You can also get it um, on Audible too. Uh, so it is just a great source of information in a way that is easy to understand. So today I wanted to get Kate on the podcast to dig into the essential differences between a healing, healthy and fat loss phases of pro-metabolic nutrition. So, you know, I think when a lot of women find um, pro-metabolic nutrition, how they approach it will depend on where they're at. And, you know, it's not a singular approach for everyone. So I think this this will be really helpful for those who are new here or who have maybe been doing it for a while. You know, one thing that we notice with a lot of women is they come in and they gain a lot of weight, um, you know, and we dig into this and is it actually necessary to gain weight? You know, I don't think uh, it is necessary for a lot of women unless they're really severely um, underweight or very, very low body fat. So we talk more about um, the restrict binge cycle, the importance of establishing where you're at. So then you can, you know, decide on what approach is best to take. Um, you know, what is the healing phase and how do you address these underlying uh, issues? Why tracking your food is super, super important. I think this is probably something that a lot of women don't do. And this is why they gain a lot of weight. We talk about eating intentionally versus eating intuitively. Um, you know, when is the right time to do a fat loss phase? When is the wrong time to do one? Um, and how you can just, I guess, get started uh, working towards optimal health or healthy, sustainable uh, fat loss and how you can shift your thinking around tracking. So if you're new here, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes to our seven-day eat more, train less, get results challenge, or perhaps you've been following us for a while and you've been thinking about jumping in. So we created this challenge to just give you an introduction to all of these concepts around healthy, sustainable uh, fat loss. And it's a one-off payment of 27 Australian dollars and you get lifetime access. And it includes, um, you know, an understanding of how to eat, I guess, and, you know, why we recommend the foods that we do or why we recommend the foods you should eat most of the time. So we're going to get you set up with your nutrition. There's food lists. There's well-balanced meal plans. Um, we've got shopping lists. We talk about strength training and why this is important. We also give you two training programs, one you can do at home, one you can do at the gym. Um, we have got some modules on daily movement and why that's important. We've got modules on tracking your food as well as um, some videos on how to use some of the, the you know, the recommended food track trackers, uh, training execution. Um, so, you know, why why it's important to execute the movements correctly. And then we're 
provide a full video exercise um, library. Uh, we talk about understanding macros and how to balance them, training effort, our tips on meal planning, understanding progressive overload. And then, you know, what are the steps that you need to take to implement lasting sustainable change? So I'll drop the link into the show notes. $27 lifetime access. You also get access to four, oh, sorry, eight coaching calls. So two a week for four weeks when you join um, the program. And as always, please take a screenshot of the episode and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-R-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Now, each month I pick someone who has shared and they win a tub of Saturay Premium Collagen. Welcome back to the podcast, Kate. Kate's got the sugar, her sugar lover shirt on. I posted, I she bought me one. It's really awesome. Um, are they still available, Kate? Should I drop the link in the show notes or will I only do it? For um, probably by the time this is going okay. on, we, I, it's kind of goes, we, I do, there's like uh, periods of time when they, I, they allow it and then it's yeah. off. And okay. so sometimes we can reinstate it. So maybe when this comes out, we might reinstate it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check with you. And so everyone, if you see the link in the show notes, buy one. They're awesome. They fit really well. They're, they're great. They're beautiful cotton and they've got this cool, like sort of reminds me of the seventies, the writing, which would That's be Kate's, the whole point, Kate, you know, era, wouldn't it Kate? The seventies. Cause mm-hmm. Kate's 50. Yeah. I think, I think back then. Yeah. That's when I was born. I was a 72 girl. Were you? 72. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm 81. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. So and I'm just sort of trying to think about how to introduce what we're talking about because we were just trying to figure it out before. But well, maybe Kate, you 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 tell everyone. You want me to? Yeah. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> I think what we're going to talk about today is the essential difference in the pro metabolic space between maybe like a healing phase and maybe like a healing diet, a healthy diet, and a fat loss or weight loss diet. And how they can all be utilized in the pro-metabolic space, but the recommendations can be quite different. Mm-hmm. And obviously, everybody's like, I just want to jump to that fat loss phase. I want to eat pro-metabolic and fat loss. And what you have to understand is that it's what's important to establishing what phase you're in is your own health and where you are at. And so not everybody is healthy enough to be in that space. And so for most people that usually find this philosophy, they probably need to go through a healing phase initially. And that was certainly the the entire premise of my book was how to heal your metabolism. And but that when you get to that space, then you have to understand that that looks very different than somebody that is going to actually go into a fat loss phase, utilizing tools to actually initiate fat loss. And that that doesn't mean that you can't lose fat in the healing phase. Some people can, some people don't do, do lose weight in that space. But for the most part, the goal in that that phase is to get you healthier. I also think, Kate, too, um, that, and this is just, I'm just speaking from with the clients that we've worked with, like the ones that have a lot of fat in reserve, you know, like we've got women who've lost 46 kilos, 30 kilos, you know, they're eating 2,150 calories and they're just doing their three days a week strength training and they're doing some steps every day. They're just gradually losing body fat. It's not a huge deficit. So they can be in that small deficit and still improve their health markers and lose that body fat. I'm talking about women who are like 45% body fat. You know, these are the right. ladies that, and I'm Context- again, I'm saying, it, like say, it's not every, what's, I think what we're trying to say is not everyone's the same. Like you can't just go, this is the process. Like this is the method. You just apply the same thing to every person. It's looking at where you're at, right. And your symptoms and, well, it, all, it also is important to look at your diet, right? So some people that are coming in that are really, really overweight, they might be already eating four or 5,000 calories, maybe just mm. the wrong kind of food. And that is basically creating this weight gain. Who knows, right? But if you're eating 1,200 calories and you're 40 pounds overweight, that you, it's kind of usually quite challenging. But there is a space where, yes, yeah, some people have suppressed themselves, metabolically speaking, in such a space where they're not burning a lot of calories, meaning their basal metabolic rate is quite low that, yeah, they don't need to eat a lot and they can't lose weight. Right. So if you're basically only can burn 14, 1500 calories, which I know you see a lot of these people and as I do too, and to put them in a deficit would be 1200 calories, which we do not want to do. So for those people, Hey, we need to build that up. We need to build your foundation. We need to teach your body to utilize energy better. And, And I, 
can tell you that usually if I see someone that's eating 12 to 1500 calories, they usually have low body temperature and pulse. They're yeah. not just overweight, but they have a list load of symptoms. Do you know what? Okay, can, can I just ask you a question? Because I just look, I just, I just don't, I don't agree with this slightly because only because I've never, we've never had a client come in who's like 80 kilos and they, t- so they tell me they're eating 1200 calories and they are some days, but then they just, once I dig deeper and like ask them more questions and then they're like, yeah, you're right, Kitty. I do it for a few days, but then I end up binge eating and I eat mm-hmm. shit and I eat a ton of shit. So like, I've never actually met anyone who's like all the people that are literally eating 1200 calories, 1400, 16, they're much smaller. Like they actually are you know, 60 kilos, 50 kilos. And they do, they, they're fucked though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they've got low body temperature and pulse. They've, you know, they can't sleep through the night. Their periods are shit. But I just, I don't believe it's possible to be like, because every woman we've worked with, like once they get accurate with their food tracking, like they're eating like 2000 calories and losing weight. So they weren't actually eating 2000 calories. Does that make sense? Like I've just never yeah. experienced it with anyone. So I think, yeah, I think what you're saying is normally if you have somebody that is heavy and yeah. they're saying, I eat 1200 calories, then yeah. more than likely, yes, they are restricting five and to six binging. days a week. And then one to two days a week, they're binging. And so if yeah. you actually accumulate their total weekly calories together, yes, it's much higher. Than and the food they binge on too is really shit. So like they tell sure. me, they're like, oh, Kitty, I'm eating like KFC and McDonald's. So like all these pufers. So like once we actually get them eating, you know, like, 1800 2000 calories of you know like the food that we recommend potatoes and fruit and you know meat and eggs they're like wow i'm feeling so full and but then they're losing weight so again i think what's important to remember is that those same people are still usually low body temperature pulse mm. right having symptoms mm. and so forth because if yes if you're under eating for 5 6 days a week at over mm. time right so if you just started to put yourself in a calorie deficit and you are healthy, then yes, mm. you can lose weight with very minimal negative results. You're still mm. going to actually lower, sometimes lower body temperature and pulse slightly. And you're still, mm. your basal metabolic rate can lower also a little bit when you go into a deficit, mostly because you might be less weight, but because you are putting yourself under a little bit of stress and eating less. And there is a little bit of metabolic adaptation to that. So mm. we don't want to put that into somebody essentially that, that initially, if they're low body temperature and pulse, have a bunch of symptoms, digestive issues, so forth and so on. Those are the people that, yeah, you want to first, A, balance them out. What are you truly doing? What are you truly eating? And you are absolutely correct. Food logging is yes, almost like the truth teller. Yeah. <laughs> it is, and how many people do you talk to? They're like, I, A, didn't know I was not eating enough protein or I, mm. I can't believe I was eating this or, oh, you know, I, I can't believe how much I do eat on the weekends. Or sometimes what I would see is they'll log five days a week and then two days. Well, I went out those two. Okay, well, that's, that's right. where we're losing it, right? I was drinking you alcohol. Can't... I was eating takeaway food. Yeah. And how many women, yeah. like we were just talking about this. I, I spoke to a lady on the phone, on the phone, not on the phone, on Zoom. Um, and she was saying, you know, I started pro-metabolic eating. I didn't track any of my food, just ate intuitively and gained 16 or 17 kilos. And now she's so heavy um and we just see that all the time because like you know like you say they don't know where they're starting at and then they're eating so much excess calories and so many so much of the time i find they're eating so much fat too you know like full fat dairy and ice cream and heaps of sugar like you know still nutrient dense sugars but obviously you can still eat too much of a good thing and you can still eat too many calories for where your body's at like if i went and ate four thousand calories i would gain body fat um most likely, yes. I mean, it depends. Depends on what you were doing externally in stress. But yeah, for the most part, yeah. If if you're maintaining, and I think that's a few things to talk about, right? So I think what we were saying is like, look, when you when you go into a healing approach mm. to uh, to keep yourself from gaining a lot of weight, right? Because it isn't necessary to gain tons of fat or gain. Some people do, like especially if they're underweight. Or they just need to give themselves a safe space, maybe mentally, or they've had an eating yeah. disorder or whatever. That does need to happen. But for most people, you don't need to gain more weight. So the best thing you can do for yourself is start food logging. See mm-hmm. where you are at. Yes, it takes a little bit of effort, but it's going to be the most affordable way to literally get your own coach, trainer, whatever. And you can kind of see, oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay. So that you can see before you kind of get going, how much am I eating every day? Is it 1200? Mm. Maybe I think it's 1200, but maybe it's actually 1800. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's And tracking 2, those binges. 
tracking the binges and then you go, you're like, tracking holy shit. everything. Yeah. yeah. So I used to consume you know thousands how. of calories in sitting. Like I would literally eat like two Domino's pizzas, a tub of ice cream, a packet of corn chips. Like that's thousands of calories. Yeah. And again, so it's like that, that is your first kind of awareness to going here and then saying, okay, if I'm eating 1500 calories and I'm eating, you know, boiled chicken and vegetables, and usually initially a lot of times, especially with women, you know, different ones, but I'll see they're under eating carbohydrates, maybe they're over eating fat, and then mm. they have like a low to moderate level of protein. So it's kind of like, okay, let's start changing this kind of macro composition. But it's also assess where what else is going on with you, right? Mm. I don't know about you, but usually people that are coming to heal 95% of them have GI issues. Mm. Uh, women probably 80, 90% have cycle issues. And then I, yeah. And I have a lot of perimenopause, menopausal women. So I would say a hundred percent have sleep issues. So (laughs) hot sweats and bloody hot flushes and they just don't sleep any longer. They don't sleep through the night. They can't get to sleep. They wake up. I mean, it's sleep has gone to shit. They're on medication and I get it. You got to sleep, but right. But they've been under fueling themselves at this point. So we have to assess and we have to first a, that is the first part of you getting better is assessing all these symptoms where we got to get you sleeping better. Look, if you sleep better, you're going to lose fat while you're sleeping. That's what you want to do. When your body is less stressed, when you don't sleep, your body's going to wake up stressed and feel like you're just kind of slightly anxious and stressed all day long. There's so much, so much food that we can do to kind of fix that, but we have Mm -hmm. to a, then take things off, right? The other avenues Mm -hmm. we always have to look at when someone's healing is what is going on in your life? What is happening? What is your stress? What is your job? What is your relationship? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Where do you live? What are your other things that can can be contributing to your system being under stress? And we need to balance that, right? We need to get your body in a state where there's less stressful things coming in and there's more food or things that are going to help support you so that your body can start getting out of that stress cycle and sleep better and, and digest better and hormonal systems run better and everything starts functioning better. And at that, at that point in time too, your tempo and pulse will start to improve. But in that phase, right, that's why we always talk about easy to digest foods are super important, right? We want to take the burden off your GI system. Your GI mm-hmm. system has to work really hard and it's underperforming. It's not going to break your food down very well. So then mm-hmm. you're going to have undigested foods go through you. You might have more leaky gut, SIBO, all of these other GI issues, because your GI system just isn't getting the environment to process food properly. And since your GI is literally where all energy and nutrients get into your system, if that is under functioning, we got a problem. So that has to be a huge part of your healing puzzle. So yeah, that's when all those easy to digest foods come into play, right? And that's why sometimes it's recommended to like remove starch or limit starch or cook your fruit or even consume some juices or, you know, using milk if you can tolerate it um, and maybe not consuming copious amounts of muscle meats at this point in time. And because all those foods are more challenging, certainly removing nuts and seeds and beans and all those other things and raw vegetables at, at this point, because we know how much tax, how, how all those foods are taxing a system that is not able to function optimally. So we take mm-hmm. the burden off and allow that system to start working more optimally. And then of course, we can add some of those foods back in later as your system is now ready and able to handle them. But we don't do it before that. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think like I found with like some of that, cause we attract mostly women that are bigger, that have got a lot of weight to lose. And so many of them, like it's not an energy, not so much an energy deficiency problem. It's a nutrient deficiency. So they're eating a ton of food, but a ton of shit food. Like when we get them to track, we're like poor food choices, lots of pufers, like you say, not enough protein. And once we get them eating adequate protein, changing, you know, getting liver and oysters into their diet, the fruits, you know, saturated fat, the, the eggs, and they feel full and they lose body fat really slowly, but their health improves, their health markers all improve, like they sleep, you know, like just, and also too, I find a lot of them skip meals. So like, just, this is an example of a client. She's like, she's working with Craig and she got on the call to me and she's got Hashimoto and she's like, I just can't lose weight. I'm eating 1600 calories. I can't lose weight. And I'm like, she's like 80 something kilos. I'm like, I just guarantee you're not tracking accurately. Like, I'm not saying that like, you obviously have a compromise, like it's affecting affecting you. But I said, I bet you when we get you eating more and eating the right foods and tracking properly. So now she's eating 2000 calories. She's not skipping meals. She's feeling hungry. She messaged me going, oh my God, I can't believe I actually feel hungry in the morning now. And guess what? She's losing weight and her energy is coming back. Like, I just feel like this track, like the basics, the tracking and you're getting enough protein, balancing your blood sugar, like these fundamental basic things 
that people like they skip over. It's just, and I'm not saying that this is the be all and end all, but it's like, it's the base, right? Like it, it start here and nail these basics, um, you know. Just- yeah. The, one, yeah. And and you talk about, right? Eating, eating easy to digest foods, removing hard to digest food, right? Eating nutrient rich foods, right? That's why people harp on liver and oysters because A, they're not super calorically dense, but they're highly, highly nutritious. And so they give you a big bang for your buck. Does everyone need to do them initially if you hate them? Not necessarily, because you can probably do a lot. For a lot of people, there's so many other things you can do to help improve their health. But yeah, ultimately, look, these as your metabolism increases, you're going to want to add those foods into your diet because you're going to need more nutrients now. And if you've been under eating for a long periods of life, as we start to improve you metabolically, you're now going to burn through more nutrients. So they have to come together. These things are married to each other. And so you can't pull one up without pulling the other one up. And I see that sometimes happen. And some people kind mm. of don't have those foods in there. And I start to see things happening in them. And so I'm mm. like, you got to add these foods, right? They, and I, mm, or we have to find another way to get them in. Well, take but, the capsules. If you don't like they, they, this, is take the capsules. You know, like obviously there's good, better, and best. And best would be eat the liver straight out of the bloody cow. That's right. Shuck the oysters out of the ocean in Tasmania. But, you know, not everyone can do that. And we get... Honestly, we've got hundreds of testimonials on our website from people from the liver and oyster capsules saying how their energies improve, their hair quality, their skin. So it's like, I think don't try to be perfect, just however you can. Well, and again, it's in. always finding what, right? It's always finding what do you need? My philosophy is always do the least amount to get the most result. <laughs> if you can do these things and you feel good, cool. Then, you know, yeah. if these things help you, if taking supplements helps you and you get where you want to go, Absolutely. That, and that's what you can, that works. Absolutely. Do those. If you find that doesn't work or the next thing doesn't work or only get you a, a far and you want to go farther, then you make a different decision. And so, you know, it's always reevaluating. I remember when I started this approach, like I wouldn't touch a liver with a 10 foot pole. It was like, uh, I'll do all the other things. And so, and then I just realized how much of my body ne- needed it because mm-hmm. I struggled with anemia. And then now I don't miss it ever. Right. I, every week liver liver mm-hmm. and it's and i just know my i have it's just like look i need to have Same. this food right if yeah, i yeah. travel i take i take your supplements but for the most part those are the things that work for me but again that's what we're all trying to figure out on the healing approach right we have mm-hmm. to improve symptoms that's the entire goal we want to improve your temperature and pulse. that's the entire goal we want to feel get you better a lot of people 60, 70% can literally lose fat, right? Because now they're eating better. They're eating food. They've removed poofas. They've removed foods that may put, be putting a drag on their system. Maybe they've removed some of their stress load. Now they're sleeping better. So they're out of that stress cycle. So now their body is actually utilizing energy better, eating more, and they can lose weight, which is mm. awesome. And they can just get through that phase that way. Do you know what I think too, Kate? One thing that I've just noticed with so many of our women too, is they have low muscle mass. So when they come in, they're dieting, they're eating low calories, trying to lose body fat, and they just don't strength train. And once we obviously, you know, get all the nutrition foundations in place, but then we get them actually building some muscle, they're like, wow, you know, like they body recon, they don't lose as much weight as they thought, but their body looks so much different. So like I was on a call with one of our clients and she's like, I've only lost like maybe a kilo, but she's like, I put this skirt on that it hasn't fit me for years and it fits perfect. So it's like, yeah. I think that strength training too, like the type of training, like so many women are just smashing themselves with you know long runs and so much hit training and just flogging themselves with cardio and classes the good old classes well and i think if anything right because like i said i work with that and i know you do too but perimenopause mm. menopausal women look the number one thing you can possibly do for yourself during this phase that you have control over is is maintain or keep your muscle or build muscle yeah it is like and that's literally part of your basal metabolic rate is i think having more muscle improves that so all how your organs are using energy, your brain, your liver, all those, that's going to be a good majority, but having more muscle is going to be something that you have control over that you can build. And the higher your more energy, your body burns at rest, the better, but plus your just muscles are more metabolically, they utilize more fuel. And so that's what you want. Plus they, you know, structure, you're going to have less chances of hurting yourself, breaking bones, falling, so forth. And so there's so many benefits, right? We get so stuck on weight, which we need to get away from. I always say, I go, look, I want to be the heaviest I possibly can be. <laughs> I don't care, right? Oh, I want to be the muscle. And look good. 
Yeah, but I want as much muscle, or I want it. You know, again, we're not going to get massively huge, right? We're just. It's not. really hard. I've been trying for a long time. Very, very hard, right? And I know. I think you're about to try doing. I'm that, doing right? it I mean, now. Like I've got all the yeah. scales this morning. I'm like, yes, I'm up to sixty six point one. I'm like, come on, like I'm just creeping. I want the weight to obviously graduate, but with yeah, but game. it's hard, <laughs> and it takes a lot of strength and nervous system like adaptations have to occur, but. You've got to like, when you get in forties and fifties to do that, it is, you got to be very, very healthy. We're going to injure yourself. Yeah. You're got to be diligent with your anywhere. food, your sleep. Yep. Yeah. And you got to eat like a trucker. I mean, you've got to just keep eating and eating. And so it's, it's, it takes a lot of work, but until then you, yeah, you want to keep your muscle because it mm-hmm. will start being, you will start losing it as you age. And it's not because, you know, use it or lose it. It's, Hey, your body starts working into these stress cycles and you just start becoming more catabolic. Right. That's why osteoporosis improve, increases. That's why bone, bone or muscle loss increases. All of these degenerate things start occurring. So we want to protect that. And so in keeping our body supported nutritionally, energetically, and with the right program is going to be the most benefit. And I think that's where the healthy diet kind of goes into play. And when somebody is healthy, when you get them into that place where every, their symptoms have improved, maybe not perfect, but you can you add other foods in there, like a little bit more flexibility? Absolutely, right? Can you add starch? If somebody wants, you know, some beans or whatever it is they want at that point in time, I'm like, green light, go. Do what you yeah. want, right? You should always have it with a, this variability of if you're doing it too often, you will notice it. And mm. that's when you start kind of pulling yourself back. I think that's where the intuitiveness comes in. I don't that's think right. people, yeah. right. People, yeah. when they first come here, I don't think you should eat intuitively. I think you need to eat. And I heard, uh, um, Jessica Ash say this once, and I, I really yeah. took it to heart yeah. eating more intentionally. That's right. You have to yes, be intentional a, with an yeah. understanding you need, you can't just decide, Oh, I, you know, just eat because your body is so, I'm sorry, effed up at that point. <laughs> you don't know how to read it. And we got to learn to do that again. We kind of got to come back in touch with, get into a healthy place and then you can be more intuitive. And then I know when I need stuff and I know, I know I, you know, you have to kind of graduate to that. Place. But I also think too, like Kate, like people need to earn that right. Like they don't have the knowledge yet. Like I interviewed that Jordan. Have you seen him? He's so, you love him. He swears heaps. He's so funny. He's just, he, he wrote, he was Gary V's trainer for three years and he wrote the Isn't book. The guy, um, eat it. Is it eat the it? blonde hair? No, nah, he's got dark blonde. hair. He's like deadlifted oh. four times his body weight. Like he's small. Okay. okay. He was um, so, f- oh, this is just a funny story, but he was like, after I did deadlifted that four times body weight, cause he's only like 60 kilos or something. So he's small and all these chicks kept messaging him going, oh, look, I really want to be really strong, but I don't want to be really bulky and muscular like you. And he's, cause he's not bulky. And he's like, I didn't know whether to take that as a compliment or an insult. Cause women were saying, I want to look like you, but I want to be, want to be strong. But anyway, he was like saying, wait till the, listen to the podcast. He's just so funny. And he yeah. drops the F bomb like every second. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, if you've got kids, obviously don't listen to it with the, listen to it with earphones in but he was saying you know like yes eat intuitively but it's like you want to be a karate black belt and you haven't even gone through all the belts yet he's like you have to that's right log and track and learn and you know because even when you're eating intuitively you still like when if I made a decision about what to eat for breakfast I'd think okay well I need some protein so what foods have protein in it? I'd probably have a couple of eggs I need some more protein than that for me so I'll throw in a cup of milk and some cheese then I need to have some carbs so I'll have some fruit and I'll have some sourdough and, you know, I want to have some fat in there. Okay. There's already fat in there from the egg. So I just know because I've tracked for so long to, you know, it's not like once That's you've right. tracked, you can't just go and throw it all out the window and go, just going to skip breakfast again and start under eating protein. And, you know, like intuitive eating, you're still thinking about it. I, I feel like when people say, right, I think the people that go the intuitive route are probably the ones that have probably had when maybe eating disorder or became obsessive, totally like eat, breathe everything. And everything was about every single calorie until they just like, they're trying to get rid of that. Now, again, I'm not saying it's a bad approach. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that if, if that works for you. Cause like you said, I've definitely worked for people, worked with people that are like, I'm eating intuitively and I gained 20 pounds. Right. I'm like, okay, so working. <laughs> you're not ready for intuitive eating then we need to roll it back and we yeah. need to be more precise about what we're putting in, feeling out where is your, where are you maintaining your weight at? Right. How many calories are we getting in you? What does your temperature and pulse look like at that mm. space? Do we need to continue to increase it slowly as your body adapts? And, you know, 
we have to kind of take a lot of things into consideration until you get to that space where you're like, okay, now that's when people are like, oh, I know I need this now. I know, I, I just had a conversation too with a client and she's like, could figure out when she needed things. Oh, and when my, I felt that this was happening, you know, during my golf game. And so I knew I needed to be eating. And so before she just didn't have any clue. I, this yeah, thing yeah, is yeah. happening. I don't know what's going on with me. Do I have like a tumor? I'm like, no, you don't have a tumor. You have low blood sugar. Right. And so you need to be eating and supporting yourself. But then now you're finally getting more intuitive because you understand what's going on with your biology. Right. Mm. And so that's the graduation place. Right. That's well, also with like a healthy diet. So the next graduation, if you're now at a space and let's just say you want to gain and get a little bit leaner. Right. Because, again, a healthy body fat or for a woman can be 25, 26 percent plus. Mm. Right. If they're healthy. Some women might say, look, I want to get down to 20%. And look, I think that-, that you, you know, like we've talked about, like, you know, I've done, done this fat loss phase and Craig's done my skin fold. So like, I think at my heaviest, when we were doing the TTC, I was like 27.6% in, in, this is in Recomposer. This is this app we use to, so obviously this is not exact. This is just a yeah. measuring tool. And now it says I'm like 20. And, you yeah. know, I was saying to you, I am sleeping the best I've ever slept because I'm just happy again. And, you know, like my temp and pulse is good. When I did do the dieting phase, though, my temp and pulse did drop, which makes sense because I was in a yep. calorie deficit. But That's as right. soon as I increased the food and towards the end, the, w- w- we stopped it because I, on the last day, I would wake, I was waking up at 2.30 or starving. So I'm like, yeah. this is done now. We need to pull the pin. Yeah. My body's telling me that I need more food. So, but as soon as we increased the food, slept right through, temp and pulse came back up. You know, obviously I'm yep. healthy enough to withstand the dieting, but like, you know, it's saying in Recomposer that I'm 20%, you know, like Libby Westcombe, she's lean. She has healthy markers by Amy, Amy Bow. So I think you can sit lower, but I think you have to be really diligent and you have to have muscle. And like you said, like our lives are set up, like we don't have kids. I mean, she has a kid, but she's well, an And kid, I think like, it's just kind of like, you know, I, think, I feel like Libby was, she's always, she's trying to put on muscle. She's always just been lean. You know what I'm saying? She's yeah, a leaner. Yeah. That's just kind of her body. But she eats too. Like she's and everything. Yeah. She's like eating to put on more muscle. Whereas some yeah. people maybe, I don't want to put on more muscle. I want to stay strong, but I got 30, 40 pounds I want to lose, right? Which is a whole different. So, oh, of okay. Course, of then, course. But I guess what I'm just yeah. trying to say is that I think like not necessarily the body fat level is the can like, because what I would say is I know women who are, in our program who sit a bit leaner than 25, who still have really good health markers. They've got lots of muscle. Yeah. And then yeah. there's women who sit at like 27% and they're really healthy too. And they've got good yeah. health markers. Yeah. Oh, again, yeah, it's a range, right? Yeah. I'm just saying when you, when you put someone now in a fat loss cycle, as they yes. say, and they still are eating pro-metabolic, there are mm-hmm. tools. There are yes. tools that you use to help them initiate more fat loss there yep. are tools that you don't want to do indefinitely, right? Yep. They are tools because if you do them indefinitely, they can actually start suppressing metabolism, right? Like yep. for one, for instance, is you can actually increase their protein intake, right? It makes them yep. feel more satiated. Yep. We know that the thermogenic burn of protein is much higher, so they'll burn yep. more calories. But long-term, using more protein as energy is actually yes. going to start suppressing thyroid function. So, right? So yeah. the other... Avenue is that short term, you know, like I see to like say Craig will do it, he'll increase their protein in a deficit, and then when he gets them back up to maintenance or surplus, the protein comes down because obviously they've got more carbs. So it's like, like you say, there's these tools and things that you can do, but and also the fat loss phases are anywhere between, and depending on the person, it might be 12 weeks or 16 weeks, depending on how they respond. Like he always says to me, I look at their life and like we always he asks them is this a good time to do a fat loss phase like what have you got going on is if it's a really stressful time in their life he's like look this is not the time to do a fat loss phase you know like one of his clients she had this really stressful time in her business she was doing a fat loss phase everything was good but then all of a sudden things just ramped up and she started to just experience so much stress and he said this is not the time to do the fat loss let's bring your calories back up just let's sit here for a bit until it's a better time basically yeah. So I, I think that's, yeah. So that, I think that's what we should discuss is kind of yeah. like, you know, here are what we do in a fat loss phase, right? Here yeah. are tools, right? One of those obviously being increasing protein intake, right? Mm. Another one being taking liquid fruits and stuff yes. out and putting more Bit solid juice. things in. Yeah. I ate fruit. Bit of juice, yep. you, do, you do fruit, yep. right? I did yes. less milk and more cheese and yogurt. Cause that was like way more filling. I had like Greek yogurt and fruit instead of like coffee. And I don't know, sometimes I'd have fudge like that's, it's fine to have that, but that's not particularly filling. 
Right. You yeah. want to have, and, and actually for some, like, you know, I actually will initiate much lower fat milk over whole fat milk, right? Whole That's fat right. actually yep. has a lot more fat. So yep. I actually will work on people that's lowering your fat down, maybe keeping yep. your carbs up and then yep. we won't have to create such a deficit. But, and it, then, right, you increase your, your neat. So you can increase your activity at that point in time. And then you can increase your exercise load and offer also utilizing tools like caffeine, methylene blue, other things that are, can be more thermogenic to that person. But they're, these are just tools. These aren't things that everyone should be doing. They're utilized for, like you said, eight to 16 weeks phase. Get mm. that in there and then get them out, right? Yeah, yeah. you want it, you want it to be quick. Like you think, and it's not yeah, that you fun want eating, like especially if it's a more aggressive deficit. Like we did, it was over a whole 12-week period, but we did periods of like four weeks, then I'd have a break and then I'd do, because I just wanted to do a more aggressive and then have, bring it up to maintenance. But over the total time, I lost like five kilos and 6% body fat over 12 weeks. Um, and obviously if it's more aggressive, you have to do it shorter, you know? And I, I think probably exactly. for the majority of women, you wouldn't like these little mini cuts that we did are only really suitable. If you're like me, who've got lots of muscle already, you know, I didn't have heaps of fat to lose, you know, what, like anyone who wasn't like me, I would just say, do the less aggressive like yeah, longer. well, that's the conversation you have with the person, right? Because mm. right? I'm always like, what feels better to you? There's many mm. different ways you can create the deficit with somebody. Yeah, what so you works, can do two weeks what, on, two weeks off. Yeah, you some can do of that. You can do like six that. days on, one day yeah. off. You can do five days on, two days <laughs> off. You can do, th- you know, there's so many different ways depending on that individual and what they have going on. There's lots of different ways. But again, fat loss is for somebody that's already gone through a healing phase. You want to do that first. It's not jump into that. If you jump into that and you don't have a good foundation, it's not going to work out well for you. You're going to go right back into the diet cycle and just, you're going to be like, this isn't working. And it's not, it's not going to work, right? We have to go through a building and feel and healing stage first before you can, as you say, earn the right to lose fat in a healthy space. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And like, I think too, I don't know if you get this. And um, I feel like some women, they're like so scared. Oh, I'm going to see the drop in the temp and pulse. But I'm like, that's normal. Like that's going to happen. Like mine dropped because I'm not eating as much food, you know? So it's like, it's like, I wouldn't say, obviously you don't want it to drop permanently, but you will notice some change in it. And then my sleep towards the end, obviously got, you know, I started, I woke up in the end. So I knew then that it was time to bring it up to maintenance calories Um, so I think like, I mean, when we do it with people and Craig does it, he's got this document that outlines, you know, like, this is what we want to see before we start it, you know, like good temps and pulses, good sleep, et cetera, et cetera. No stress in your life. Like what functions have you got on blah, blah, blah. This is what to expect. You will see some over time drops in your temps and pulses. This is normal. You know, you're probably going to towards the end, notice low energy, you know, like, because your body is down regulating, right? Like slowly, because you're obviously eating in a deficit. So that's normal to experience some of those things. Yeah. I used to, because I would go, I did training cycles. So I used to do like endurance cycling. So I would do the same thing, right? Anytime you're going to put an additional stress. So I would train for three to four months to cycle 150 miles, right? Is that supportive to heal your metabolism? Absolutely not. (laughs) Right. It's like, that's the ant. It's the, opposite of that because I was building up endurance. And so for me, I would go on these, these long rides with people and I would eat more than like the 250 pound guy because I was trying to just constantly keep up. And it was just like, I, at some point in time though, my temp and pulse drop, certainly my heart rate was dropping. I mean, it would be, it became too hard I, because if I was just having to eat every hour on hour, just to keep things in, it took my body, it was burning too much calories for me. So mm. eventually, yes, things started to go in the other direction, but I didn't do it indefinitely. But mm. at the end of it, yeah, I was cooler and my, my heart rate was lower, but that made the sport easier for me. I could go much longer, harder um, mm. in an endurance sport. And you will see that in endurance athletes, right? Same kind of thing. You're putting yourself through a cycle. It's going to suppress you, but it makes it easier to do that sport. But same thing when you go through another stressor, when you start putting yourself into a deficit, it kind of has that same physiological effect. Your body's adapting to now this new calorie. That's why you don't do it for long periods of time. Right. Mm. So you go through the cycle, you get out. Training should be the same way. People that train like like that all the time are just crushing themselves metabolically and suppressing themselves all the time. And so you got to go through healing phase. After I would do an event like that, I wouldn't cycle for three to four months or or a lot, lot, lot less. Right. Certainly Mm. not the level of 
70 to 80 miles a week I was doing. Um, but it's the same kind of cycle, right? Everything goes in cycles. We don't learn that. We realize everything is, oh, look, we have weeks, weekends, we should take vacations, there's times off, yeah. right? We've learned everything goes in cycles. That's how we work best. I think COVID screwed everyone up because it was like two years of just the <laughs> same shit. <laughs> and I think everybody just went cuckoo, right? And so I'm like, look, everything's a cycle, right? You, yeah. you sleep, days a cycle, your, your periods a cycle, the weeks a cycle, the months a cycle. These are all, we, if we keep in them, your diet cycle, right? You, you, you ebb and you flow with it and you changes. Yeah. Don't ever stay in anything too long and then get out, right? I love yeah. it how Libby always says it. She's like, you yeah. get in and you get out. That's <laughs> right. right. I'm like, Cause it's yeah, not that fun right. being in there either. It's, it's not, not. It's do fun. it right. Get out. Yeah. yeah do and it. you're training and, shit as well. Like that's what annoyed me the most too is because I really harder. had to I'd moderate yep. my training intensity because if I pushed too hard, I just didn't have the fuel to recover, which I was pretty yep. good across most times. But then one day I was like, oh, I feel really good. So I gave it a real good nudge. I felt shit the next day. I was like, it was not a good idea. And Craig's like, I told you, I told you not to do this. So like, yeah. do you know what another thing too, Kat, I reckon if you're someone like, if you're not doing the basics now, like as in terms of tracking your food and planning and prepping your food and prioritizing sleep. And then you want to go and do a fat loss phase. I'm like, get the basics right first, because you have to be even tighter in a fat loss phase. I reckon you have to, like, I pretty much ate, I just ate the Absolutely. Same food nearly every day. I planned it all out. I prepped it all in advance because there was less room for error. You know, I was really diligent with everything. I didn't have much variety, but I ate food that I liked and it meant that I got gr- really good results. So it's like, if you can't even do the basics, what makes you think you're going to be able to do it in a fat loss phase? <laughs> well, I mean, I think people just go back to their old, you know, thought process of just, I'll do this or I just won't eat or I'll skip meals yeah. or, you know, I'll, if I'm not hungry, I mean, you know, used to, I remember being always excited. Oh, I don't like being hungry. I would eat less. <laughs> it was like, yes. And I would get, take things that would like kill my appetite. Right. Cause yeah. that's how people lose weight. And I'm like, yeah. that was all so awful for you. Uh. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So you have to um, earn it, right? It you you go healing, you get to a healthy place, you can be more flexible with your diet there. You go to a fat loss again. You have to pull it back and make certain choices to help initiate that additional fat loss. And you get in, you get out, mm. and then you go back into either healthy or in a phase where you're trying to build, right? And that's you can actually give yourself a little bit of a surplus depending yep. on what you're trying to achieve. But it's a cycle. Everything's a cycle. So maybe let's talk about then um, so quickly. So if you're starting, like say if you're totally new to this and you come in and, you know, we said a big mistake that we see women make is that they don't track their food and they just eat too much and they gain all this weight. So if you were just starting, like how would someone start? So would you just start by logging for a week everything that goes in your mouth? I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would say get a, you want to find where you're at, right? Like it's hard to give someone directions if you don't know where you're at. Like, when you, you know, where are you coming from, right? If you're trying to give someone directions to your house, you want to mm. go, where are you coming from? And then I can tell you a lot more clear how to get to me. So mm. where are you at right now? So mm. log, and that's what I do. Anytime we, I work with someone, we log just exactly what you're doing. Everything, everything you put in your mouth, write it down. Right. Don't, don't be like, I had a sandwich, right? Yeah. Be very specific. Right. And it's usually, yeah. Weigh things. Don't just say I had a medium, a medium banana or a, yeah. Yeah. Weigh it. Those are gauges. Right. But for the most part, we were the more specific we are, the more we see. And then the more specific we can be to understand, because if you're off 20%, you think you're eating um, 2000 calories, but you're e- really eating 2,400 calories. Well, that's, yeah. that's a lot. That's going to yeah. give you a, yes, you're going to gain an extra pound a week doing that. If you think that your weight maintenance is, you know, it's something different than it is. So mm. be specific, see where you're at. And then you, yeah, you start incorporating a lot of the different foods you, and then trying to stay within the same space calorically, then mm. you can start moving the macronutrients, right? Maybe you need a little bit more protein. Maybe you need a little bit left. I know, like I work with more people that are probably a lot more sick than you are. And mm. so I certainly sometimes pull people's protein down a little bit, depending on where they are, because they might need you to focus on energy at this point in time. Like mm. we might go a little bit lower and then put more carbohydrates in there and so forth to see if that's putting a little bit of a draw, right? Protein is good. <laughs> we can just touch on this because, um, you know, we all know that Ray oh my has God, recently Kate. said that. You're going to bring uh, up the protein, Ray Pete. 
I am because yeah. it, it cer- certainly was a conversation, but many conversations he says he's been, you know, utilizing 50 grams of protein. He's just and experimenting, isn't he? He's just experimenting, yeah, is that what he's saying? In the context yeah. of him, right? He, 85-year-old man, right? Basically has not a lot of stress in his life, but, and is constantly experimenting, but also eating, five, I think he said anywhere from five to 600 grams of carbohydrates a day, right? An 85-year-old man. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot. That's insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that I don't know any 85 year old that is eating five to 600 Same. grams of carbohydrates. I, mean, I, don't, right? I don't even know anyone like a hundred that's no. eating that five to 600 grams of carbohydrates. I don't know. Anyone. That's right. Yeah. That's what he said. Right. And so he was testing to see if he lowered his protein down even lower, if he could, yeah. he found that he could get, take less thyroid. That's what he found. He's like, Oh, yeah. so it's putting a little strain on his system. And so yeah. someone who's really, really sick, Right. And so I even even talk about this in my book. And sometimes it helps for that person to be eating at least uh, less of the high like methionine or harder. Yeah, so eating more of more like, collagen and gelatin and the some of that and eggs and sometimes some mm. of more of the seafood mm. and shellfish you know, mm. versus mm. more and less of the muscle meats and so forth. And, and, and assessing and seeing if that helps bring up their temple pulse. Um, and sometimes that really works for people. It's certainly some mm. people that come carnivore and they're eating like yeah. 200, 300 grams of protein and you start pulling them down lower and lower and lower and pulling their carbs up and it starts to kind of fix things um, yeah, yeah, metabolically yeah. as soon as you got to get their blood sugar stuff out of control but it, it there is a level of look these are things that you you try and see if um because yeah, like too much protein saying- is too good everyone should eat 50 grams of protein. Like, it's just so interesting how, like people even would listen to this podcast. It's like, what we're saying is that it's different for everyone and this yeah. context and it depends on their starting point. So, That's right. you know, like I always say to women when they join our program, we apply the same principles to everyone, but how we apply them depends on the individual because you all right. come in, like you say, with different issues, different starting points. So you're going to have a different amount of protein to the That's next right. woman. You're going to need a different amount of carbs you're going to need a different amount of training volume. You know, like, it's like, it's just, I think people, they don't want to think and they just want to go, this is the answer. And if that's not the answer, I'm blaming you for everything bad that's happened to me in my weight gain. It's like fucking. (laughs) Well, again, like I said, and that's why people, I think they, they come into the approach. They, they say, eat these foods are good for me. And then they don't see where they're at and they just start eating these foods. And then they're like, oh my God, I have GI issues now. I broke out, I gained weight. All of these things are happening. And I'm like, okay, well, where were you starting? How did you initiate these? Like, oh, I didn't you track know, my food. Right? And <laughs> no, we have to assess, food. right? If you haven't had dairy for two years, no, you shouldn't be consuming three cups of milk a day. It's just yeah. not going to work for you probably. So again, everything is a puzzle to figure out where you're at. But generally speaking, right, I think if you use a lot of these principles, and if you food log to at least assess where you're at, and then kind of see and and then add things in slowly, right, then you can see for yourself, oh, this is working for you, not working for you, right? All these foods are good. Milk is great. But if you don't digest it, and you feel like shit, every time you consume it, then it's not good for you, at least right now. Or maybe we need to try a different one, or maybe we need to try it slower. Right. And so everything is built on what can you manage now, figuring that out, mm. building up your health a little bit better, and then maybe adding different things in. Right. Mm. I don't know how many people you work with probably that couldn't tolerate dairy, but at the end, Lots. can drink Lots. three to four cups. Right. So much. That's layers. But had you yeah. given them four cups in the beginning, it would not have gone well. <laughs> yeah. It's slow. I, I hadn't even had the conversation with a lady on the call the other day. I'm like, just start with 30 mils of milk. Just mm-hmm. have a thumbnail and have that every day for a few weeks. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's not a race. Like just go slowly. Um, do, do you find this too is the other thing, um, you know, because women have this thing about tracking, but I'm like, like you say, if you don't track, you've got no data to look at to actually even know where to start. But I found the women who come to us who are genu- gen- genuinely eating really low calories, like 1,200 calories, they're tiny. Like we've got this client who's like, 50 kilos yeah. and the ones that are meticulous with the tracking, we've been able to like increase their calories substantially with zero fat gain yeah. because they're so meticulous with the tracking. So I just That's feel right. like so many women are just not tracking accurately. And I'm like, you've got to ask yourself, well, if, it, if it's that important to you not to gain weight, you have to be focused. You have to be specific. Like, you know, it's just this amount of times that women come into our program and go, like another example, this chick working with Craig, 
Oh, Kitty, she got on this call. She's like, I was eating 1,600 calories and I was gaining weight. And now I'm, Craig's got me eating 2,000 calories and I've lost seven kilos. And I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> like, and then I dug a bit deeper about, oh, I wasn't really tracking properly. I wasn't weighing things. I'm like, so you obviously were eating more than 2,000 calories. But now she got really meticulous with her tracking. And all of her health markers have improved as well. Like she's feeling so much better and sleeping and recovery. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like you have to change because I was that anal tracker. I was that anal, you know, I was used it to eat 1200 calories, cut all the sugar out of my diet. And I think like when you do, when you come into this world and, and you know, like when, when I first met Emma and she was getting me to track in um, chronometer, I just had to switch my like mindset about it. And it was like, I wasn't starving myself anymore. Like it was about how much more food could I eat? You know, what's the nutrients I could get into my body? How did I feel? Like it was a six more exciting process of like, what improvements could I see instead of thinking about, oh, it's this fucking drag and I have to track my food and it's so time consuming. And it's like, if you think that, of course, you're going to think it's shit. You know, I just think women need to change their view of how they think about it. Well, I will say that, but I will also say that people that are really sick, because I definitely work with some people that are really mm. sick, and they probably have the mental bandwidth to barely track, right? Well, so I'm talking about, those, Kate, the women that we work with. So, like, we don't totally. we would refer those people to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, it, again, so it, it is still dependent. But, yes. That's right. Once, once people can actually start tracking, most people come to me and say, I actually like it because now I can see. I actually now see what I'm doing. I actually am enjoying it because I actually see, oh, yeah, I've eaten a lot. And then they're kind of like super excited. Like, I can't believe I ate 2,000 calories today and I feel so much better. And, and I'm not gaining so weight. for them, yeah, and yeah. they're like getting that feedback. So for a lot of people, that's the result. Now, yeah, do some, a lot of people not like it, but I'm like, it is like a lot of things sometimes, right, that you know help you and you just kind of have to get on board and shift your perception and go, look, if I really, if I know this is helping me and it does give mm-hmm. me good feedback, then what am I trying to do here? Then if you really want to get help, then you're going to do it. You're going to make that decision. You're going to do it. And eventually, yes, you'll see the benefits of it. If you're, if you're a lot of people, I always ask the question, sometimes they're just not ready. Right. And you, we have those people that just don't want to do it. And I'm like, you're just not ready then. But you have you to know? accept Maybe. though. You have to accept them. Like That's I say right. to these women, don't whinge to me about That's your right. shit sleep and that you're fat right. and that you hate your body. I'm like, surely it would be better just to go, just going to sh- just like track this food and do some food planning prep. And that feels like I've not met one woman who's done it and then slept better and had more energy and started to lose body fat and not be happy. And they all, right. they all say to me, Kate too, they're like, it actually has created more food freedom. That's right. So it's like, I think you just have to, and what's your alternative? Are you going to keep doing the dumb diets for the next 20 years? Cause there is no alternative really. Like this is, this is the only way really, I think like to learn, you can't, if you're not going to track at all, you're just not going to get very far. I don't think. It definitely, like I said, it's certainly not. Can you still get far without, you can, you can still make progress. It de- mm. I feel like it's just going to help you uh, get there a lot faster. Mm. You know, so for some people, especially, you know, you, and I, the people get into this approach and they start doing things. I'm like, Hey, but this is, you can only handle this much than do that, right? Yeah. Only do what you can manage. And then, but be honest with yourself because if you can do it and you have the space and the time for it, you're just choosing not to do it. And then you're griping that you're not getting anywhere, then you need to check yourself. But yeah. if it's literally all you can manage, then, then that's what you do. And then when you manage a little, then you can manage a little bit more, then you can add it in. And that's what I've seen too. Like, okay, now I can do it. And now I actually have the space and time to mm-hmm. handle. And then now I'm enjoying it. And now it's really helping me. And now I keep doing it. And now I'm better. And now I don't need to do it as much because mm-hmm. now I can be intuitive. <laughs> and I don't have to necessarily track all the time. <laughs> so true. So true. Yeah. yeah. So come on, so. everyone. Just if you don't want to gain 15 kilos, <laughs> which I'm sure. It does. It I, look, it does. It definitely helps to have someone hold your hand. I mean, I know I worked with coaches when I started this 12 years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You always have people to help you along the way, especially in a space with very new, like me and you, mm. like, this is like so normal for us now. Like we don't even see anything else, but in the beginning yeah. you're kind of like bombarded and you're like, wait a minute, what about that thing I used to do? And that thing, you know, and, and the sugar was like, it took me a while to literally wrap my head around the sugar thing. Right. It was, I was still like kind of fearful of it in the, in the <laughs> beginning. Now I'm like, when people like 
say it's bad i go i don't i don't understand what you're saying like it's not and you know but but it does but now it's just our space and how we think right Mm -hmm. and that's and and that's how we want everyone eventually be to not say just to have context with everything and Mm -hmm. and as soon as you learn everything and with the context around it in anything in life but especially your own health you know look we're going to get you in a better place because you don't want to get into the medical cycle you don't want to be in that space you don't want to start going that path because that's not going to normally end well. It's going to end with medications and other illnesses and disease and so forth. And we want to keep you out of that space. Mm. Yeah, and and lean like, and sexy at the same time. That's right. You'll look good naked. That's fine. That's you right. look good naked too. You still do want that thing. Way. Yeah, yeah. That's but, right. you know, like it's coaching is expensive, but I just think coaching is 100% worth it because it's an investment in your education. Like once you learn these yeah. skills, like I interviewed this lady on the podcast. She did our program at the very start for 12 months. So Kate, she logged her food for 12 months. She showed up every training session, did four sessions a week. She's in her fifties. And three years later, I interviewed her and she's like, I'm in the best shape I've ever been. I don't really track my food anymore. Like I eat intuitively, but I use it. If I, if I ever feel, for example, she said, if I've got a bit of low energy, I'll just track what I've eaten for a day just to see if I'm eating enough. You yep. know, so she's got the tools. She's got no menopausal symptoms. She's like, I'm down at the beach in my bikini in my fifties, feeling better than I did in my you know, um, 20s, but she said the only reason I can do that, and she only trains two days a week because that's just what fits in her lifestyle. Two days a week, full body training, and she's just maintained her results now Um, because that suits her. I'm not saying everyone should train two days a week because, you know, someone will listen to me and go, oh, Kitty's recommending that everyone trains two days a week now. I'm just saying that's what fits her lifestyle. Um, But she's like, I'm in the best shape I've ever been. I feel amazing, but I would not have got here unless I logged and tracked and was meticulous with my training and uploaded my video. She's like, it was worth every cent of the thousands of dollars I invested in coaching because I am free for life. Yep. It's like anything, like get in, learn it and get out and utilize it. And then your life is better, right? Or you can get in and not do it and (laughs) just complain. <laughs> right, um, but or or not do it at all, and then complain, right? But yeah. or or you say, you know, I'm going to commit to this, and just decide, and then do it, and do whatever. But you know, but either way, uh, at least do something, right? Whatever that is, like make yeah. some better decisions. These are things and tools that can help you with whatever space that you're at. I mean, that's why we do these things. It certainly give people free information. Um, but it's a lot of information, right? And it's just kind of like, how do I utilize it for myself? And look, it does help to get some more personalized information for yourself so that you can, at least in the beginning, give yourself a, some, a better uh, path to go on so you don't make as many mistakes as, I, you know, I certainly made a ton of mistakes. There, there was no, there wasn't a lot of guidance. I don't even know if we had Facebook when uh, I started. You- you, you, it was like, right you, probably at the cusp of Facebook. I think the OGs yeah. are like, because I talk about, me and Craig talk about this, like you, Emma, Danny, you know, you guys are like the OGs. You well, know, good old Rod, right? He, he oh, just, Rod, yeah, and Jenny, yeah. Josh and Jeannie, they were back around. Like you guys are like the the, the OGs. Yeah, the original. Yeah, yeah the pre-Instagram Yeah, um, <laughs> where that all started. <laughs> but it's been, you know, but it, that's why people always ask me, they're like, what has changed? I go, the concepts have not changed at all that that, because it's just physiology, right? It's like any other diet. And that's why I would say it's like any other approach because that concepts are all based on your physiology and that doesn't change. And when you understand it from the eyes that honestly, that Ray sees it because he does see it differently and he explains it and he explains all the mechanisms. And that's why I love about why some things work that maybe aren't the best for you. But when you see it through those mechanisms and how he sees it, you realize that like, okay, this, it, nothing is going to change. The, the general uh, recommendations will never change basically, mm-hmm. but they can change them individually for the person, obviously because of their state of the health or what they're looking to achieve or that they're older, whatever. Those sort of things can change, but the basis is still the same, right? You want to use carbohydrates for fuel. We do need animal-based proteins. You don't want to eat these hard to digest things right? We have to take stress into account. We try to understand what's going on. Those are all the same. They, mm-hmm. They're not. And in fact, I just, I was reading Ray's book, the PMS to menopause, like the third time. Cause I, every time I read it, I'm like, oh, it's just like gold. Right. I'm like, and then I looked that he published that book in 1997. And wow. I was like, and I was reading through all of it again. I'm like, wow, he knew. And I'm like, this is like the same. He, he just like, this is, it like he understands it so well and if 
any woman, like you, if you get your hands on that book, um, it's a lot though. Like every time I read, I, I learn because it's a lot. And then you read like, and you're, and you get through it and you're like, he's one smart cookie, that guy. Yeah. He's amazing. And he just gives everything away for free. Yeah, you know, he does. He, that's how he thinks the world should be a better place. So, you know, pretty amazing. Kudos, kudos for him. Yeah. Well, that was a good episode. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. Your skin looks really nice. Yeah. It must be the uh, good saturated skincare I'm using, obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, I always tell Kitty, I absolutely love her uh, face lotion. It's literally my favorite product. I just had to order like two bottles because I'm like, the best, isn't it? It's, it, well, yeah, like, it, it needs that. to get formulated. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I was just the uh, tester for everything. But I, yeah, it, I haven't found anything that it feels that good on my skin. So it's um, a very, very, very good product. So kudos to you and Emma. Yeah. Emma did a great job. It was worth the three years of heartache and all the shit that we yeah. had to, yeah, to finally get it out. And I said to told Kate that we're formulating a new product. I won't say what it is because Emma will be mad at me if I. <laughs> If I say it out loud before I'm yeah. supposed to, she's like, wait till we get the, you know, the approved formula before you start talking about it, Kitty, because, you know, she's a little bit more. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, just, I know. I just want to let people, I, I actually know. So, yeah, Kate knows. Um, it'll be, yeah. yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Okay, cool. All For right. Sure. Thanks so much, Kate. And we'll uh, see you again soon. You got it. Bye.